Wow. Uh, well, well, well. I can't believe we made it here. We actually are going to record together. <laughs> ben, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ben. And I guess Mr. New York, I don't know, as well. Oh my gosh, fully coming out of the gate. Are you breaking the, the fourth wall? Um, Mr. New York is officially on the podcast. This has been a long-awaited episode. People have been asking me to have you on the podcast. I've gotten some Instagram comments about it. When is Ben going to come on the pod? And I've been sort of gatekeeping you, but that's selfish of me. And I'm very excited to have you on. Well, I'm happy to be here. I am an apologist myself at this point. I mean, I've been listening for the past little over a year, I guess, and have become a fan. Wow, you've become a fan. Yeah. Um, everyone, Lauren is still on the Serengeti, so she's not going to be joining us. And that's probably a good thing because she might want to throw up after she hears all the gorgeous stories Ben's about to tell about me. So we're going to spare her that. And so this episode is just Ben and I after dark. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> ben and I, you know, answering questions, chatting. We just returned from Puerto Rico. Today we got back. Ben, how many hours of sleep are you running on right now? I'd say a solid two, maybe four over the past two days. <sighs> it's unbelievable. Your lack of sleep is like something that annoys me. Yeah, it's, it's become her problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had to wake up at 3 a.m. because our flight was at 6. So everyone went to bed at midnight. Okay. I went to bed. I took some melatonin. I went to sleep. And Ben, what did you do? Well, I avoided taking melatonin because... I'm a sensitive soul, I guess. I don't know. I, You're such <laughs> a, a lightweight. lightweight. <laughs> I typically wake up pretty groggy if I take melatonin and I didn't want to have that impact our travel in any way. Right. And so I just, you know, laid down and tried to fall asleep, did my thing, you know, listened to a podcast, put on some white noise, did breath exercises until... <laughs> <laughs> What were the breath exercises? Uh, I looked up some, because I, I know I've like seen like sleep breathing exercises and I was, it was actually kind of funny because yeah. I originally was like, oh, I think it's like four, 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 four or something like that where you breathe in for four seconds. Oh, like yeah, box, box breathing. breathing. But I'm like, okay, the box has to have like four sides. And so <laughs> after you exhale, you also are supposed to wait for four seconds. And so I was... Oh, you hold for so four seconds? I think the idea yeah, is that you breathe in for four seconds. You, you like hold your breath okay. for four seconds then you exhale for four seconds. What you're actually supposed to do is then just breathe in again for four seconds, not torture yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like probably uh, five to 10 minutes where I was sitting there like after exhaling and I was just like, oh, this feels really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like literally killing yeah, brain cells. I, like, like... I had to exhale, no, no oxygen in my body. And the, <laughs> it's like one. <laughs> Two, three, four. My heart's like, like panic. And then oh I, I was like, yeah, this, this is definitely not the right way to do this. So I, uh, I pulled out my phone and, and looked up looked up some real methods. Wow. Um, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm surprised you didn't wake me up. Um, okay. So anyways, we might sound a little bit subdued uh, because we are a little bit tired, but nonetheless, we wanted to bring you this episode. We also are a little bit sad. Do you feel it like a depression a little bit coming? Like we're we're happy to be back in New York, but do you feel kind of depressed? Yeah. I mean, always, time? but especially now. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially now looking literally at my floor with about six square feet of walkable space. Uh, <laughs> coming back from uh, Lauren Kagan's beautiful uh, what feels like a mansion in in Puerto Rico of just you know it, clean lines. They have about four yes. visible possessions because everything else, everything's like so <laughs> well, like neatly organized and put away. It's perfectly yeah. put away. Yeah. My gosh. No, I I feel like I've spent the last like six to nine months just like 
bragging about like pre-war charm and like, you know, like there's just so much character in my, in my apartment and like, I'm a little bit ready to throw that all out the way that like I that's like, you know. Yeah, I think character might be overrated. And maybe that's just like an overall theme that we can talk about today. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, characters overrated. We're soundbite. Can't wait to put that in the teasers. Okay, well, we're a little bit sad to be back in New York because we just have had the most like beautiful, glorious days in Puerto Rico. I feel like I like I'm just still processing how amazing it was. We like we went there last week, a little bit before like the weekend on Friday or whatever, and we didn't like do anything crazy. Like the first like week that we were there, we like worked grocery shop, like just ate dinner at home, like went out a few times to just like get different dinners. And then our friends kind of like last minute flew out down for the weekend and we just had like the most fun days. We had like a poolside experience and then we also like went to this waterfall. Um, it was amazing. Did you feel like a, a true adult vacation? Definitely. There? Yeah, definitely. I feel like we had certainly like an extreme amount of autonomy. Lauren and Kagan were, were nice yes. enough to let us use their massive truck and which was great to yeah. get around and also just like you know being close to places that we had actually I mean we'd been before with our last trip there so we knew the area and like we're able to get around and like like had everything kind of figured out I guess and then also got right. to show our friends around which was which was really really fun it was so I feel like we were like cosplaying as Lauren and Kagan but like having this gorgeous apartment that we could like host people in and then like also you know knowing where to go and how to like show off the island to our friends so anyways it's all thanks to Lauren and Kagan. Okay, enough gushing out to Puerto Rico. We can get into what the people want, which is to ask you questions. Ben, this first question, are you ready? Are you prepared? Uh, yeah, pretty stoked. Just took a uh, big drink of kombucha, so I'm just, you know, really hyped to to answer wow. this question. You're the only person I know who drinks kombucha like at 9 p.m., like late at night. Well, I am, you know, running on two hours of sleep. The like minuscule amount of caffeine I'm hoping will help me get through this and not, you know, keep me up all night. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin. First question. Everybody wants to know how we met. And I feel like I've told this story on the podcast, but I would like to hear more of your perspective. And I also kind of want to hear you tell it selfishly. Yeah, sure. So how we met, we have a number of friends, a number of mutual friends. And mm -hmm. A few years ago, I had, so my friends, Noah and Evan, I think we were on a road trip and they were like, hey, we have this friend that you definitely need to meet. Her name is Chen. And I was like, interesting name. That's cool. Um, oh, I've never heard that detail before. And then she, they show me, like, I'm like, okay, what's her deal? They're like, oh, she was in San Francisco. She, I, and I, I kind of was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, it's like a cross country. Yeah. Like I've tried long distance relationships <laughs> and it's just, you know, not easy for me but um you were immediately like dismayed and basically not interested and the, the i think what's the most jarring about this part of the story is that you saw my picture and you still were like yeah i don't know if this is gonna work <laughs> no i mean you know i think even the best relationship you know no matter how you know stoked i was about you long distance is tough especially you know multiple time zones away and i just right, i knew that right. you know i was in new york you know living my life and I, it just didn't seem like uh, a reasonable Bachelor yeah, guy, yeah you know. living living the dream but no I yeah I, uh, I just I knew it wasn't gonna be an ideal situation and I guess I, I didn't really yeah. know all that much about you yet so um, 
Right. Yeah. The stuff of fairy tales, folks. Right. When he says he didn't know that much about me, you know, just didn't, didn't. So then, I mean, time keeps passing. They've, like you mentioned a couple of times, I look a little bit at your Instagram, you know, I haven't done too intensive stalking, but um, really? I think they, okay. they like scrolled at least for me, like while we were on this road trip. Uh, they scrolled for like, you, literally forcing <laughs> no, your eyes to look at my Instagram. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, like I think Nell was sitting next to me and was like, here, like, look, this is my friend. Like, she's super cute. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah. she's great. And, you know, lives in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> this story gets less and less romantic every time you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is the least romantic I've told it the, like, entire time we've been dating. But no, so we... You know, it's it's kind of like, yeah, like this is this sounds great. Like if we're ever in the same place, like I would love to meet her, like that'd be great. Yeah. And like in the back of my mind, I'm like, who knows, maybe she'll move someday or like I'll be in San Francisco. Cause like for a while I actually thought I would end up in San Francisco. That was actually my yeah. original like first choice out of school. But then Interesting. Anyway, okay. so like a, a number of things ended up bringing me back to the East Coast, but that's a whole other story. Anyway. Yeah, tell everyone where so you're I from. Grew quickly. up in Connecticut and in this town called New Canaan in southwest Connecticut. Oh, I will just say that like New Canaan is absolutely stunning and it's like the most picturesque. Theme. Yeah, it is. It is totally beautiful and is uh, like, I, I think my childhood was like pretty idyllic in a lot of ways. Like I walked like all of yeah. my like public school life was within walking distance of my house. So it was it was a great place to grow up. But yeah, so I'm, I'm back. And I actually, I never, I guess, imagined myself living in New York City as a kid for some reason. I I was like, yeah, like the, there's a great city, like great place. It might've seemed like a little bit less accessible uh, when I was younger, like a little bit harder yeah, to get around. Yeah. So it, it didn't have, like my experience going to New York as a kid was printing out a, a list of or like Google Maps or not Google Maps, like MapQuest directions. Yeah, quest, uh, yes. like fully printing out, like, and maybe this shows Chan and I's age gap a little bit, but but <laughs> the MapQuest directions between you know my house and whatever like you know show I was going to, or like uh, or getting just like dragged around by parents, it always seemed like a little yeah, bit more yeah. abrasive than than living here now actually is. Um, so right. it wasn't ever like top of my list, but- and and didn't have like a lot of, I guess a lot of like the charm and mystery that a lot of people have for New York is like wasn't quite yeah. as strong anymore because you also lived an hour outside yeah. of the city like or i guess obviously some people do but like yeah you you grew up very close to the city while also being in like you know a suburban yeah. neighborhood okay back to me back to how we met <laughs> so back to how we met um so i'm living in new york and uh these friends i keep on telling me you know you gotta meet chan all this stuff uh COVID comes around and i ended up going and fleeing the city essentially for some time um and one of, yeah, those... one of those reprehensible people. New exactly. Yorker, yeah. you know. I mean, I was here for part of it, but took advantage of the opportunity to work from home or work remotely and yeah. went in and had some really fun months living at my sister's place in Utah and got to, you know, basically just ski as much as I could and really like took the opportunity to actually become like a more competent skier and, and have some time outside instead of cooped up in a small New York apartment. So while, we, while I was out there, my friend now texted me again. She's like, hey, like Chan is also out there at the same time. You guys need to meet up. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's him. Nell's really yeah. doing the most in this story. I just want you to know that you're doing essentially nothing. You're just like <laughs> living your life, pursuing your dreams of skiing. And Nell is like literally doing everything. Thank you, Nell. Yeah. Big shout out to Nell. Thank you. We appreciate everything that she does in the past and currently. Yeah. You know, she still does a lot. But yeah, so, so I was, you know, living my bachelor life, uh, skiing and being, uh, pretty carefree, I guess, just doing, working sure, and doing sure. my thing. 
And then, uh, yeah, I, I heard that Chan was around. We end up trying to find a way to meet up. Um, I think we need to talk about our like our DMing okay. and what happened in our DMing because our <laughs> our love story began in, in the DMs. Yeah, let's see. Do you have them like pulled up? I don't have them. Sorry. Um, I know I should have that thing on me, yeah. but I don't. Um, I'll just say that basically Ben follows me on Instagram. I kind of am like, oh my gosh, this is like happening. Like we're going to go out on a date. I think this is actually now overselling how like how invested I was because to be honest, I was like, I'd heard about this guy. I'd seen him like I'd stalked him a few times, but I was just kind of more curious also about him. Like, oh, I was like, what's his deal? Like, wonder if we'd be like a match. He's cute. He's on the East Coast. Like, you know, it, it's kind of a long shot, but I'm, I'm still yeah, intrigued. So I, I would like the record to show that once we were in Utah, I think I did a little bit more of the pushing. It's and true. so even though I was saying that, you know, like, as was saying, as you were saying earlier, I was not putting as much effort in earlier, you know, the record should show that the, you know, <laughs> once things, you know, once push came to shove, I was, you know, I was actually pursuing, I was doing the work. I put in the work, you know, once you, yeah, once you knew I was in the vicinity, you did put in the work to the point where I actually left you on red. Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to make that clear because I have not done a very good job our entire relationship of playing it cool, <laughs> but there were a few critical moments early on where I did play it extremely cool. And I just really want to make sure that those are top of mind for the listeners. We were like DMing a little bit and you would ask me out. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we both had like COVID scares. And then I think like I told you that I had COVID scare and you were like, oh, I actually, I like similar thing has just happened to me um who actually it turns out it was joe uh darling joe peacock who was on the taylor swift episode who we like love um had gotten covid and ben had been exposed yeah. right was that yeah joe and i had kid? gone skiing and spent literally like four hours in the car together and like a few days later he tested positive and it's so crazy. i actually was like pretty sick afterwards but took like five or six tests and never, never, never tested positive. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, so we like, we had our first like date didn't like the first time we tried to hang out didn't end up happening because of that. And you like asked me if I had any good shows. <laughs> like, I think you were trying to keep the conversation going yeah. and I just fully left you on red, which was a very cool right. move. I yeah. will just I think say that was, that was definitely the most cool that you've played it this, this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely not wrong, too. That's really the most sickening yeah. part. Um, so, yeah. So then, like, you know, then I'm, it's like two weeks pass, and I'm just about to leave Utah. And then we, like, actually end up going on our first date. Um, so I don't know how much we want to talk about our first date. Do you want to talk about yeah. it? Like, a little bit? Maybe just top line it? Maybe give some yeah, highlights. So I guess I reached out again like a few weeks later and was like, hey, like, are you still free? Would love to meet up again. Or would love to meet up again. Were you mad? Um, Sorry. I think I was like, were you mad that I'd left you on red? Like, were you feeling kind of like scorned by me? Like, were you feeling like, damn, this girl's really hot? Like, she's like, doesn't care yeah, about that, me. Yeah, I think that's exactly my thinking. Yeah, that was exactly my thoughts. <laughs> Put the words in my mouth. Oh, wait, no. Took the words out of my mouth. I think that's the word. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was definitely, you know, like painful. You know, I felt dejected. I felt, right. you know, I was, I had to take some time. I had to log off and learn for a little while. It was, it was, it was fine. I, I survived. I, I did my thing. I went skiing again and, uh, wasn't too beat right. up about it. Um, obviously, I, you know, took another chance, took another swing, and ended up getting a uh, an opportunity for a second chance. And you know, texted some friends, asked asked what I should do. I was trying to be like pretty uh, conscious and not really go anywhere indoors. Yeah. And so I I said, you know, like let's 
as is pretty cold out too obviously like middle of winter you're staying in highland just for some context he's staying in highland i'm in provo so we had to find like a date that was like in those areas somewhere like relatively in there like in between there or you know close to one of us and i was like okay like i know uh the riverwoods has fireplaces and that might be like relatively warm compared to any other outside scenario that's you know reasonably covid conscious and the riverwoods is like an outdoor shopping mall basically in Provo, like the town that we both went to college in. Thank you. So yeah, so it's an outdoor shopping mall with like these gas fireplaces. I actually stopped by the Riverwoods right before, I guess this mall right before we, I was supposed to pick her up and I got myself like a little burger. Just, we were basically planning to just meet up. Be honest, you were, you were setting up blankets (laughs) at one of these fire pits and like hot chocolate mugs. And I I laid down rose petals. I I set up some candles (laughs) as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All of the above. Yeah. Um, And And I get there and I was like, you know, these fireplaces are doing absolutely nothing for the, for the warmth situation. Like the heat was all going just straight up. I don't know if it's something to do with like the dry air in Utah or something, but for whatever reason, it was just like, still extremely cold no matter how much how many layers i was wearing but anyway i, I go to pick up chan I actually called a couple friends just to make sure that i should knock on her door instead of like you know call her before <laughs> coming out so end up going up and knocking on her door her is that t- that was typically your move is to go to the door well to get i mean girl. i hadn't done that in like a how long, long time like a Bachelor? decade because like a well, decade? No, i mean like i like ha- at school like it was a little different. I mean, I guess like I probably went up to like yeah. people's apartment doors at school. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that is very cute. I think, I think it truly was a sign of ding, ding, ding character <laughs> for you to come to the door. Although it did make me feel maybe slightly awkward for the first 30 seconds because I was pretty right. nervous, but it, I love it. Yeah. Back. And so your, your sweet niece, James answered the door and was super cute and nervous and flustered um, and then ran to get you. <laughs> and you were similarly uh, nervous and flustered. <laughs> Just kidding. You, I, I, I don't think I could True. see any sort of like nerves on you at all. In fact, like the oh. confidence that you brought to the first five minutes of our date ended up in us completely like, you know, trashing my plan and like, you know, <laughs> pivoting to something that ended up being a much better experience. I did derail the plan that you had because I'm just, I'm just more controlling. And I think also knowing how cold it was outside, I just don't know that I could have, I couldn't really bear the thought of being outside. I just knew I wouldn't wouldn't enjoy myself. So we didn't end up pivoting and going up to Sundance to grab dessert um, from there, which, which ended up being the spot, which was perfect. Yeah. They sat us at a, right in front of a fireplace, like truly couldn't have, couldn't have picked a better spot. And, so we won't like tell everyone, you know, all the, all the details, but, yeah. um, some highlights do you want to go through? Yeah. Some highlights. We ran into our ex-boyfriend, I guess not boyfriend, but a fling, I guess. Yeah. A fling. <laughs> thank you. A, f- a fling. We can categorize him safely as yeah. a fling even, and that it lasted for three yeah. days. Lasted for three yeah. days. His impact has been, you know, at least a year and a, a month or two. Magnanimous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We actually, when we went back to Sundance and we went skiing this past winter, we saw him again. He's like literally like a horcrux. Like he will <laughs> never like be destroyed. <laughs> like I will always like, he'll be a recurring like token in my yeah. life. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was, it was a very good first date and we like talked for a very long time. Uh, we like 
spend a ton of time like at Sundance and then we continue to talk in your car. Yeah. I think it was like four then, hours straight yeah. of, of like really great conversation. Like I remember like laughing yeah. and like, face hurting from smiling the whole time. Granted, I mean, it did obviously go very late. I know like Chan likes to give me some, some crap about what I said towards the end of the day. Yeah. This, this is what happened. As everyone knows, like we grew up with Deborah Bledsoe who kind of essentially told us that men should just be consistently ensconced with us and like utterly like obsessed and crazy about us. And just basically like a man doesn't want to always be with you. It should be taken personally. And (laughs) (laughs) what you did wasn't even really that offensive, but nonetheless, in the moment I was gutted. And that is because I, I I kind of just like yawned a little bit and I think it was like 2 a.m. And I had a flight to San Francisco the next morning and I I kind of was starting to get tired. And I said, did I say, yeah, like, should I think, we go I think back? he said something along the lines of, should we go back? Or, like, it's getting kind of late. Uh. Yeah. Me wanting you to maybe be like, no, never. Like, you, you will never be, like, far from my side yeah, for the rest of leave. time. Like, no, I will never, I will never leave you. What, was kind of what I was hoping what you can would I respond get, with. Or what can I do to, to stop that flight from, from leaving in the morning? Like, <laughs> Exactly. That's, oh, my gosh. That would have been so – it's giving me the chills <laughs> right now just hearing you say that. <laughs> Yeah, um, don't close the doors. But instead, like, oh my gosh, like a running <laughs> airport moment. I'm crying. But instead, no. Instead, what did you say, Ben? And keep in mind, so I was working East Coast hours. I, you know, was going to going to sleep at excuse. around 10 p.m. Um, or earlier. And this was like a a 2 a.m., maybe 3 a.m. moment. Um, so my response was, "Yeah, uh, I'm I'm fading. I'm fading." Which is basically code for I'm getting more bored by the second. No, it's 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 you've lost all your luster. It's, it's more like you know I'm losing my stamina. Like I'm I'm trying you know I'm I'm trying to be my best brightest self, but my my light yeah. is diminishing. Basically, but when I heard those words, I was like, well, I was like, this didn't really go as well as I thought it was. I was basically kind of convinced that you were just a really nice guy who'd like let me talk your ear off for like the whole night. <laughs> we're just sad because it was I mean it was um, very great. It's okay. It's okay. I've forgiven you. Um, but yeah, some trauma there. Uh, anyways, so that was our first date. A few little hiccups, but mostly like pretty darn wonderful. Okay, so that was the first question that we probably took too long to answer. Sorry, I got a little carried away. I just I love hearing about Put myself. Put that one on the Patreon. Say? Okay, this is kind of interesting. So your first impression of me. Why don't you give me just like a little bit, like a smattering? Because I think that's like, that's a good one. That's a good like one to go to sure. after a first yeah, date. Yeah, so the first impression, I think right off the bat was, you know, super smiling, super happy, and then, like, definitely, like, not afraid to take charge if she, uh, you know, wants to get things done. Okay. Kind of like the uh, aggressive consumer that I've, I've heard Deb described as. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you seriously going with your first impression of me was an aggressive no, consumer? No, not at all. Um, it's more, uh, I think it's more like, you know, she knows what she wants. Okay. Uh, she's going to, you know, She's going to probably get it, you know, um, knows how yes. to have a good experience and, and is able to to craft that okay. for herself um, and is, is not going to settle for a subpar. Um, okay. Do you care to yeah, comment no, on I'm, my beauty at all or was that going to come that up? Was, that well? was, you know, that was on the, on the docket for sure. Um, a couple bullets down. Okay, I wanted to, I, I wanted to t- talk to the less superficial things first. Um, funny, asked great questions, like great conversationalists throughout, um, had like very, very insightful things to say throughout. Mm. Um, and we connected on a lot of levels, obviously, like we have a similar background in a lot of ways and, um, just connected yep. on a lot of different levels. Um, even if she thinks my music taste isn't very good, like, you know, beautiful smile, like 
love her laugh and um and just you know really fun to uh to sit across the table from and that that continues to be true so. oh oh my gosh i'm gonna i'm gonna cry i'm so glad we had you on the podcast <laughs> this is like literally this is gonna this type of validation is gonna tie me over for at least 24 <laughs> hours <laughs> Yeah, we've got it. We've got it recorded, so we can uh, we can play it back. <laughs> Guys, just a quick note on Ben's music taste. You do have good music taste, but unfortunately, on our first date, a Twenty One <laughs> Pilots song came up on like the shuffle, and I'm a little bit of an elitist. I don't like Twenty One Pilots. I think they're kind of stupid. And sorry to whoever that alienate. But I was just like, when I heard that song come on, like truly, like music elitist, seventeen year old me was just like, damn, this could have <laughs> been good. Um, but it just won't work. It was a song from a previous <laughs> time. So it was something that like a playlist that I had made right after my mission and I've added to since then, uh, have yep. continued to add to and have not taken a single song off of it. I don't think, um, you know, Interesting. it's, uh, okay. I don't know if that, what that says about my own, you know, like effort that I put towards music, <laughs> but you're not a music elitist. Right. I don't think you're a music yeah. elitist, which I think is also yeah it goes to show that you're just like a very like easygoing person okay yes. next question are you ready did you listen to the pod when i was calling you mr yes, new york i did and it was i think one of my favorite times of the pod if i'm being honest and you know vain i feel like really oh my god so you're like are you joining the leagues people who have really gone downhill <laughs> in the left past few months <laughs> no cool. not exactly I just, I just think it was like uh it was kind of fun and uh i think that's the first time that i've had a pseudonym you know, a fan of like keeping things relatively mysterious about myself. And uh, I'm a slightly more private it's person, true. I think, than, than Chan might be. But that's, you know, yeah, is what it is. Private. And I think uh, it's the first time that I got to listen in to my girlfriend and talk to her sister about me, which was kind of cute, too. And mm. uh, hear her less filtered or uh, maybe more glowing remarks uh, more consistently. So, so it was definitely nice Good. to listen to. If you guys have listened to the podcast for like, past year you probably would have heard like the early days where I went to visit Ben and I really like haven't had a, like a lot of like serious boyfriends and so I was pretty nervous to talk about him like kind of even to friends like I would obviously love to love talking about him but I was just like nervous because it was a good thing um so it was like a very big deal for me to like to talk about him on the podcast and it was so fun it was like yeah it was totally mysterious and like I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't know like how things were going to last. Like, I don't, I, we don't need to go into all, like the details of like our courtship, but like basically, you know, after our first date, Ben flew out to San Francisco for our second yeah. date. And I don't think we've ever told this on the pod, but like how that came to be. I think that's a pretty yeah. cute story, which I think we should yeah, just definitely. So tell. after our first date, the very next morning, like literally as Chan was saying, she had a flight to catch in the morning. Uh, very next morning, she flew back to San Francisco because she had a project she was working on. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, well, this, you know, complicates things, but I still want to get to know her and like, you know, who knows what could happen. On our first date, like as you were saying goodbye, you were walking back to your car. You said like, we're just going to have yeah. to have a lot of visits, which I thought was very yeah, cute. You know, trying to set a, uh, set a commitment, you know. Despite being you know, faded <laughs> or faded. fading. <laughs> I think that's a different thing. Uh, <laughs> and, like over the next couple of weeks, we talked on the phone a little bit. We texted a ton, uh, a couple of FaceTime dates, which yeah. was, which was really fun. On one of our FaceTime dates, we started talking and um, she actually brought up that, that she would be open to the idea of me coming and visiting while I was still in Utah. Cause those, the flight from Utah to, to San Francisco was pretty cheap and easy. Right. Um, 
I knew this would be an easier journey for you to just like come to San Francisco for a minute versus you coming yeah. here from New York. Um, so I felt like the stakes right. were a little bit lower. But I'm really this, this is like one of the first instances of many that, you know, show that Chan is an incredibly good planner and, and really loves to look ahead. Um, <laughs> and it's it's been, you know, certainly to my benefit. So I said that and probably one was, was one of my moments of not playing it very cool because I could have just been like, yeah, I'll see you when I see you. Um, but instead I was like, here's this plan that I've thought out already for us to like hang out again. again. Um, and then you said like, I've already yeah. like looked at tickets and I have told you this many times, but I was blushing like so hard. I like pretended I think that like the call cut out or like I just had to like close the laptop very soon thereafter because I was like could not <laughs> handle like that it just made me feel so happy because it was just like oh wow like we really do like each yeah. other like a lot so and then you came to San Francisco and it was wonderful yeah it was very sweet I did throw <laughs> up but that's a story for um, another day um, yeah <laughs> save it for the Patreon all right enough gushing about me you literally are so obsessed with me um <laughs> You're literally crazy. You love me so much. Um, okay. We've now spent the first three quarters of the podcast talking about our love. I think we should get into some negative things. Okay. Are you ready? We'll see. So this question comes from Wyatt, our brother-in-law. Sorry, not your brother-in-law. Oh, there, there we go again. <laughs> not playing it cool. <laughs> Wyatt wants to know, what is Ben's least favorite trait of yours and most favorite? You can keep most favorite short if you, know, if you don't want to be... Um, let's see. I'd say it's tough because like the least favorite is also the most favorite, um, uh, some way. So like, it's like I was saying, like, so Chan's a big planner. Um, sometimes I, I definitely like to, you know, have some chill moments. Um, I like to, <laughs> I like yeah. to have, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind having a day that like, you know, nothing is, is scheduled and we've, we've worked a few of those in and I think I've been able to, you know, I've been able to show Chan <laughs> some of the, the, the you know, benefits some of the virtues of a of a day that's unstructured um some unstructured playtime i guess yeah you know? uh, <laughs> within gym something i really struggle with the i think that's like you know it, it can be tough and I, but it's also adorable you know I've, I've heard stories from deb of chan you know as a a young person i don't know i don't know if it was like as a toddler but definitely like in her younger years uh walking up to her mom and saying uh, can we just have like a few minutes of planning time? Um, super cute <laughs> and funny, uh, but definitely sometimes can um, like every moment that we're together, there is uh, <laughs> there's, there needs to kind of be a plan for the next you know thirty to forty five minute blocks. Um, there isn't something that's like you know, if, if there isn't a clear definition of the next few few steps, then uh, there can be a little of, <laughs> a little bit of underlying anxiety you know infused into the situation. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. I, there's no denying that. And it is something that I deal with. But you know, it's kind of like, it's one of those things that's like, I'm just too organized, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely like, <laughs> an interview on weakness. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Um, I know there are probably like more real negative qualities about me, but I appreciate you choosing one that is, you know, somewhat redeemable. <laughs> Um, okay. Did you mention your favorite thing about me? Do you have like a favorite thing you want to quickly um, say? I think one of my favorite things is definitely your laugh. I, I mean, I touched on it earlier, but I do think that the oh. moments where I can make you like full belly, like full chested laugh, um, my favorites. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I don't know if I can remember specific times, but I think each of them is essentially like one of my like golden moments. And I think 
like anytime that we're with friends or even just like, you know, alone at, at dinner or, or out and about, um, back on each of those moments just really make me feel really, really great, really special. So I love you. Um, okay. Um, someone wants to know about your photography and like, I don't know how you, how much you want to go into this, but like people want to know, like maybe what you do, what your hobbies are, like give us maybe a line about you. Yeah, sure. Um, really high level. Cause you know, want to keep some mystery alive. Um, I do think the, uh, journey from photography. And I, I think that's something too, that like if somebody has any questions about, they can definitely feel free to reach out to me. Um, and I'm happy to, to talk any, to anybody about it, but basically I, I started school, um, coming out of high school and I guess, I guess it, it starts a little bit further back where my mom had a camera. My sister, uh, Aaron was always like kind of playing with it or at least played with it for a bit. And I would kind of yeah. follow her around and saw what she was doing, but, um, I saw what she was doing, thought it was interesting. And so I picked it up myself, uh, played around with it, ended up in a photography class as a kid, um, like junior, like sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, I had okay, this okay. teacher named Mrs. McDonough. Uh, who was just like incredible. <laughs> she's like a, she's like a probably mid sixties. Just super, just super nice. Like definitely like got some like flower child vibes from her. Like you know, but like you know, love it. Um, just like super like open minded and like really encouraging of any sort of creativity, any sort of whatever. Um, that so like I I started picking it up and and got really interested in it. Um, started getting some like, really positive feedback about it. Uh, this teacher encouraged me and a couple of other students to enter some some student competitions. So I uh, entered like a student show at a, a local uh, library, or not a local, a local museum where uh, they have like a section for, for high, high school student exhibits. Wait, are, when you say local museum, are you talking about Carnegie Hall? <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was coming. Um, okay. <laughs> but no. Very clear yeah, here. Just a, a, a spoiler alert. Um, so... It, there was so she encouraged me to to enter uh, a couple of things. One of those was a like local museum where some lady like saw one of my things, like a project that I'd done in class. Um, I did buy it. Um, ended up like, like essentially teaching me how to price my work, and like I gave her an initial offer, and she was like, "No, like that's too low. Like come back when you have a real offer." No <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Um, she's like, think about how long it takes, uh, think about how much, how many of these you're going to make, how big it is, um, like come back with, with a more, more substantial offer. Um, wait, have I seen this photo? Um, I think so. It's, it's the like black and white, like kind of abstract photo. Uh, the one in your, hanging in your school? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those. I think so. Um, it's one of those. Anyway. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I'm, um, I'm teasing you. I'm very, very proud. It's, it's. Yeah. You are an incredible photographer. I mean, if my Instagram is maybe any uh, indication of that, Ben is a very, very talented photographer. Uh, very kind of you. But anyway, so the my teacher also encouraged me to enter this thing called the National Scholastic Art and Writing Awards. Ended up putting in a portfolio of photos into that and got what's called a a gold key, I believe. That's what it was. It was like a like a, a local like the regional gold. And then like, I think it was a national silver medal, uh, oh. one of 200 people in the country to get this uh, art and writing award for, for my photography. Um, as part of that, we accepted our awards on the stage of, of Carnegie Hall. Um, 
Just like, you know, it's hard to come back from that one. <laughs> yeah. So it's a pretty fun, uh, kind of cool. But okay. So you obviously are a photographer kind of in more of your spare time now. Yeah. It's so what, like what's, what's been your journey to like your job now and your career? Yeah, definitely. And sorry that this hasn't been as high level as I promised, but basically went no, to, no, uh, so went to college and I was like, Hey, I still, you know, I like doing this. I started school as a photography major thought it was great um in the in the program at BYU and like learned a lot from my professors there and a half of school at BYU I went on my mission and while on my mission I was like thinking more about you know what I wanted to do post um if I wanted to do photography full-time um the what felt right to me longer term uh, less right I had some moments where I was thinking you know maybe I want to be a like therapist I, I liked the mm-hmm. Uh, the part of the mission where it was, you know, helping people have happier lives, um, just generally, um, talked to a number of therapists that didn't seem right. Um, got back from my mission, uh, felt like, you know, essentially, I guess, so I, I did another semester in the photography program and in the time in that program, like I, I talked to, or one of our professors, even like in the class that I was in, he said to the whole class, if you can see yourself doing anything other than photography, you should do that. <laughs> Every time I hear, like I hear this quote is, it is shocking that this person had a job like yeah. teaching this, but was like actively discouraging it. Yeah. So this, this professor I think is, is kind of famous for being maybe slightly curmudgeon Um, I guess, but it's it honestly is a, is a really pragmatic way to look at it. Like it is a really hard field and it has a very low barrier to entry. I mean, any any teenager like you can, i mean you can use an iphone to do most like a, a lot of what you could do uh yeah when i was in high school with a dslr like a lot of this stuff like again it's a, it's a very low barrier to entry and you have to be you have to have like something extremely like unique about yourself or just be extremely well connected to do really well in the industry like when i uh, he said that and then i also I, I assisted a photographer in new york who was great and and had a couple of other experiences talking to professionals in the field. Uh, the one in New York told me, you know, like it's a good way, like being becoming a professional photographer is a good way to kill a great hobby. Uh, just like this road to yeah. being a professional photographer is just lined with like gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, that that being said, like I think there is there's definitely a way. There are definitely ways to make it like profitable, and, and maybe I like talk to the wrong people. Maybe I like, you know, was just too like risk averse. Um, I think, I think also you wanted to do like more commercial photography if I'm yeah, getting that right. Yeah, I think my, and I think there are a lot of people who make like lifestyle photography right. work maybe easier, but commercials, I think maybe harder to break into. Yeah. I don't know that might be right. Yeah. I didn't see myself wanting to be like a full-time wedding photographer forever. And, and like, I, I've professionally mostly done weddings. I've done some product work and things like that, which which I really enjoyed, but just didn't present itself as, as often. And so I think that is part of it. And then um, I, I guess I also talked to, I saw another professional who I saw doing like really impressive work, doing like shooting campaigns for Coca-Cola, uh, Nike, like all of the coolest brands that you can do, be doing photos for. And the style of photography even was was pretty similar to what I saw, like my my style going towards like a kind of like a clean cut uh like well executed like well lit uh dynamic scenes or like just like interesting things like that 
uh, I was like, this guy's work is essentially what I see myself being in, you know, 10, five, 10 years. Uh, and when he was talking to us, he's like, yeah, it's, it's great. Sometimes there are shoots that'll, that'll be like, a like a $40,000 build shoot, but like, obviously that comes with, you know, there are costs to the shoot too. And at the end of the day, those, those opportunities only come out, come around every so often. Um, and he was like saying, you know, it's, I, he's got a daughter in college and it's, it's been kind of hard to put her through college. Cause it's, it's hard to know when he's going to get another, you know, opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, if this guy, right. like, who knows, maybe he had a really bad personality and people didn't like working with him. But if this guy who does this really incredible work and has worked with the best brands in the business is hard keeping up consistent work, uh, then it right. just like seemed really tough. Um, yeah. And then I also saw like, so, I mean, recently I, I've, my, the photographer who I assisted in New York really like extremely like tragically, he ended up coming down like he was doing really well with with his career and like had gotten a lot of consistent clients was essentially like finally like hitting his stride and doing well and he ended up getting cancer and having to step back from his career and and essentially give up those clients and and they found other photographers to work with Uh, so essentially setting him back like a number of years in his career and I looked at situations kind of like that where I'm like okay this is really tough it's a it's a really hard situation mm-hmm. and i think at that time especially i was thinking you know i want to be able to provide a a stable and, and strong like happy life for my family and it like why should i push for what i'm gonna be like what I, what i what i see as like a really fun job just so that like mm-hmm. i can go like have fun every day instead of like right. you know, providing a life that's like has that's like peaceful stable reliable and like happy for for my family um i think it's like it's it's very i think kind of rare to see people with that type of perspective at your age at the time yeah and i think i think that's definitely partially from you know the like the religious background and and things like that too but yeah i think it definitely was um the financial stability and just like life stability of having a more consistent job and even something that like if i was to get sick i would have you know health insurance figured out for me or you know i could you know take pto and uh, and even like just the other things like when you're if you're a non-commercial photographer if you're working like weddings or whatever you're working during all the times when anybody else is not working so like yeah it's just a, a yeah. tough time but yeah yeah so so that's kind of and I guess like to round out the whole thing, I, I was in my last semester of, of photography and started taking some of the business school like prerequisites, um, ended up going towards um, something that combined my like love for thinking about the way people think and love for design and uh, things that are that are fun and pretty and, and cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I knew was a like a background of being able to think about things analytically and think about things deeply and um, a trust that I could figure out math things because my dad's an economist. And um, my first math class after my mission, I, I had finally learned how to really study and got an A in that class. And I was like, okay, like actually this is pretty fun. I can figure this out. And like when I do figure it out, it, this is fun. Fun kind of towards the end of the end of the experience in the, in the sense that you, I like saw myself at the beginning of the class saying like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be bad. And then, um, realizing that with some, some work, I could figure it out. Um, felt yeah. good and, and yeah. was rewarding. So 
yeah. So that that whole process led me towards business and and marketing specifically, um, thinking about you know consumer behavior and and now um, I ended up doing marketing and, and getting a minor in statistics, and now I work for a company called Nielsen IQ, doing you know product forecasting. So we can talk about more that more on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so uh, it's so wonderful to hear like that like journey again I like I, I think there's things that you've never mentioned to me in there before that you touched on and I just I don't know I just find it to be really special like kind of where you've ended up and you're just a very thoughtful person and that is like that's something that's attractive to me so anyways okay that's it I'm gonna throw up okay so you kind of touched on this but one of the questions is is Ben religious does he have a religious background do you want to talk about that momentarily yeah. you can talk about it as much or as little as you want no pressure yeah Definitely. So, and Chan talked about this, like, and on our first date, we, we went into this a little bit too. Like our, our religious background is, is the same. We, we I, I grew up Mormon slash LDS, um, definitely a huge part of my life um, up until, you know, a handful of years ago. I don't know if I want to go through like the, the nitty gritty of, of what and, yeah. and why, but. Save it for the Patreon, yeah, save maybe. Save for the Patreon. Um, <laughs> like I am super happy to talk about it and like, I, I love talking about it. I think it's definitely an interesting thing. And if anybody has any specific questions for me, like definitely feel free to reach out. Um, definitely happy to talk about it. So I, I was raised Mormon and I'm no longer practicing. Um, I, I do have a lot of respect for the way I was raised and a lot of love for mm-hmm. um, obviously like a lot of people who still practice the faith. And um, yeah. yeah, and I think that there's good in everything. Uh, I'll leave you on a cliffhanger there, I guess, but. Reach out, reach out to me if you uh, if you want to hear more. No, that's that's great, and I think you and I like we share the same perspective on on Mormonism, even though we are no longer practicing. Just lot lots of love and respect for people who are still Mormon and who find joy in it. Let's move on. Let me see. Somebody wants to know what is my serial killer trait. Um, this is I sorry. This is sharp left. Yeah. but here here we go. I'm ready. For yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a. Uh, of a link. And I think actually maybe I found one, but like, so there's, so I think one that's, you know, kind of obviously you, you've got the planning down pat. So you definitely plan something. If you were to, you know, murder a number of people, you could definitely plan that out pretty well. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a good cleaner. Although I'll say like, like a good cleaner, like a, <laughs> you could clean up after yourself pretty quickly. I feel like I've seen you run through a room in like five minutes and all of a sudden spotless. Um, I think the thing that sticks out to me most is that you're like truly just a charmer. Uh, oh. I think like, like I would absolutely, uh, you'd, you'd absolutely be able to convince me to get into a car with you and, and drive up a, drive up a mountain, you know, drive up into a canyon. So I think it's like, you know, if we want to link it back to the Mormon thing, you know, you can be, you're somewhat of a Ted Bundy type. Um, if classify oh you as a, as a serial killer. Ted Bundy type. <laughs> Did we just, is that the episode title? I think it's something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Somewhat of a Ted Bundy type. Yeah. Okay. Enough about that. Enough. Okay. <laughs> Someone wants to know when and who said I love you first. Yeah. Um, but you want to own your own telling of this, just, of this story, it. but I'll just say it. <laughs> I said I, the when it, I'll just start. I'll just say it. I'll just say it. I said to Ben two and a half weeks into us being us dating, maybe three weeks, three, three, four weeks. Yeah. Let's call it, let's say four, let's say a month. I made a joke a generous to month. Ben. 
generous month as I tend to do. Side note, I I always think we've been dating for far longer than we have. So I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's our like it's our six month anniversary tomorrow. And Ben's like, we've been dating for three months. <laughs> I now have a a day tracker just for the specific reason of uh, you know yeah just fact checking fact checking me. Anyways, we had been dating for you know a month, we'll say, and I I made a joke to Ben about you know Ben here's an alternate scenario. Like if I was, if you met me and, you know, we were just as in love as we are now, but I did X, Y, or Z, or I think, I think I made up that I like had a different kind of a more dumb career and just, you know, just trying to razzle him. But I, I said, you know, we're just as in love, which I guess counts as I love you. <laughs> so yeah, and, I, don't, and I think, I think I just like, you know, you said at the scenario, so like, you know, considering we're just as in love as we are right now, and I just kind of like turned to you and I like, like <laughs> smiled and you're like, you're, that doesn't count. Like, that doesn't count. And I think you're just like really mad. I think you, I think you started like tearing up a little bit. I think I, I, think I did I'm too. Not, yeah. Knowing me. Yeah. I do. I remember like having to like reach over and like squeeze your leg a little bit and be like, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it was really funny. Like, you know, yeah, it was funny. Well, uh, I did, I did then, I think 24 hours later, accidentally say, I love you as I yeah. was saying goodbye to you. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, you know, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Good night. Love. And then just like a long pause and then instantly started crying. <laughs> so I let it slip twice in the first month. And then, you know, and then I played it really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it was me. Big shocker. Okay. Let's see. When did you know you loved her? That's one of the questions. Yeah. Perfect transition. <laughs> Rare. Enough talking about me. Let's talk about me. <laughs> let's go back to me. This is really the Ben on Chandler like episode. Let's let's not get it twisted. Yeah, I think the the question of when did I know specifically um, is an interesting one for me. Also, I'll just add in here. Someone asked, like, was it a slow burn or did you like instantly know? Yeah. So maybe that like you can also answer it like yeah, that, that's I guess. perfect. I think it it was somewhat of a slow. Well. I'd say I instantly knew that I was interested in her. Like I said, that four hour long like, conversation for our first date was, you know, very indicative. And I was like, okay, this is something special. This is, mm -hmm. this is great. This is gonna be fun. And I think after that, though, I, I think I am kind of like slow to like fully invest my heart like in that way um, yeah. of like, like after some, you know, recent not so great or not, not so recent, but like some not so great experiences with um, uh, in the not so recent past, but overall there's, there's a quote that I have like really enjoyed for a long time called, and it says love is what you've been through together. Um, that's mm -hmm. something that I've leaned on and like has really, I do think is true that like, you know, as you go through hard things together, like love is going to grow and it's, it's going to become something. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's something that isn't, you know, I mean, it, it's definitely not like, um, it's not that like love is like detached from infatuation in a way, but like, yeah. like essentially when I came to know was when I started to feel like Chan was coming home, I feel like she was like my safe place. Um, when I started to feel like I could tell her anything. I could be anything around her. I could be, uh, I could have my low days. I could have my high days. Um, and she would still stick around no matter what and would be the best support and the best partner when things were good and, 
you know, would stick around no matter what and just be a great partner throughout it all. I think that's, that's kind of when I, I started to come and realize and know and, and feel that love really build. Uh, I guess that's the answer. Baby. Oh my gosh. Ugh. I'm like, I don't want to release this episode. It's too special. <laughs> can save that for the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I obviously have said that like, I, I fall pretty hard and I fell pretty fast, but what's been really special is to actually feel like, okay, our relationship is something that has now really grown and we've been through like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like we've been to hell and back because like we've actually had like a pretty like wonderful relationship that hasn't had like a ton of t- terrible moments, but we have like been through things together. And I just also feel like it's such, I don't know, it's just such an easy relationship that I have really like n- nothing but a lot of just like excitement for the future. And I'm sure there will be like hard times, but like, yeah, yeah it really does feel like just, I don't know, just like, yeah, like home anyways. Okay. Enough. Totally agree. Okay. Let's see. Someone wants to know, do you agree on fictitious children names? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like we don't talk about children names a ton, probably mostly because I don't have a ton in mind myself. Uh, like we did talk about a little bit in Puerto Rico and like, I think like they're similar enough that I think that we could definitely come to a common ground. I think we could come to, <laughs> yeah, come to an agreement. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's not like we have like they're a list like- and we're like, oh yeah, we were doing it. Like these are all no, names that like we would no. choose, but it, it's like, I feel like we're, we're in the similar realm. Ben started to run through a list of like famous women <laughs> and like as potential names. He was like, what about Rosa? What about like Elizabeth or Amelia? It was just like, I was so annoyed. It's <laughs> like, no, we're not literally choosing a future baby name from like a Buzzfeed quiz. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So <laughs> another question. Does Chan really work soft? Uh, great question. And I think, I think this one is kind of like twofold, like yes and no. I was hoping you're going to be like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I think, Classic. it's true. I though. think the work soft mentality is a little bit of a ruse if I'm being honest. Um, okay. You I come on to my podcast. Yeah, I mean, yep. I think both Chan and Lauren, like they can like sit down and like, just like power through things. It seems like and like we'll get a ton done but i think at the same time once they're done like they like really know how to relax um and like really know how to take it easy or know how to um charge really knows how to take it easy yeah Um, i think it's like a in the sense that like when she's motivated about something when there's something that she like cares about and that uh, is going to be profitable (laughs) profit oh wow she's greedy (laughs) like i think if there's something that seems like worthwhile, like she's going to put everything into it and is going to work hard and late and is going to do a good job and is going to oh. impress everybody that, that she works with. Um, again, like she is an expert at, at luxuriating and, uh, and having, <laughs> having a good time afterwards. So, yeah, I think that's, that's right on the money so it's true it's true okay do you have a favorite deb story like do you want to give any thoughts on deb you will also be speaking directly to Deb because i think at the moment she is listening to the podcast so know that yeah that's a good point and i, and I think she knows she knows my favorite story because i think she asked or somebody asked at the moment like when we were all together <laughs> that would be very on brand for her to ask you what your favorite story about her was <laughs> no, i feel like it, it must have i feel like it was why probably when we were all together in christmas like 
Uh, I think my favorite dub story is the Chick-fil-A drive-through story. Yes. Uh, I don't want to spoil yes. it for anybody, but I, and maybe we can like put in the show notes what episode it's from. Um, Absolutely. I think it's. I think the episode is. Um, can I speak to the manager? of this drive-through or can I speak to the manager of this El Pollo local yeah. or something? Yeah. So it's, it's a really great story. You have to hear, uh, you have yeah. to hear the sisters tell it, but, uh, it's so good. Okay. I just want to give also a little quick shout out to Chad who asked a lot of toxic questions <laughs> <laughs> that are truly a minefield. <laughs> Chad managed to, to add four to five questions that are just completely, yeah, wrong. <laughs> For example, who is the ex? These are questions we're not going to answer, but, who is the ex you compare the other two? Who are your hall pass people, non-celebs only? And that's yeah, that's just a little sampling of those questions. So thank you, Chad, for your submissions. We won't be answering them on the regular pod, maybe on the Patreon one day. And just for the record, Chan has actually already used her hall pass, so we don't need to. Oh, uh, we don't need to hear her answer for that anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, now people are going to be like, "Did you cheat on Ben?" So can you answer that question? Um, did I? I think we should say that for the for the Patreon because you got to get that bag. But um. I did not. Unequivocally, <laughs> I did not. She did not. Um, <laughs> My hall passes may be used, but it, I did she not. was kissed. Um, there are conflicting reports. A lot of people are saying that she kissed back. Um, but it's really hard to know who you can trust was, these days. Um, I was kissed by a, a D-list celebrity. Okay, yeah. that's all. I mean, I'm sorry that you used your pass on a D-list celebrity, but... <laughs> It is used nonetheless. Okay. So. <laughs> that is enough. <laughs> wow. I am going to also not ask you your thoughts on the sexy green M&M because I don't want to <laughs> feel wounded right now. So I think we'll, we'll wrap it up. Or wants to ask you this final question, and I think it's a great one to, to end on, and it is, will Ben live to be worthy of thee? <laughs> will he live to be worthy of thee? The uh, thee, as in like the scriptural? Mm-hmm. As in me, but okay, yeah, thee. Yeah. I'm the thee. Yeah, I will... Uh... I will. I I can make that commitment that I will live to be worthy of thee. Oh, wow. That's so sweet. It's so sweet when you say stuff like that. Unprompted. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... Oh, someone... I only, I oh, only, go, I only say nice things in uh, King James Version, biblical, you know, speech. <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Which I love. Someone asked my favorite and least favorite thing about you, like f- for each other. Should, do you want me to do yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, come on. <laughs> uh... I mean, I think my least favorite thing about you is maybe that you are not as great of a sleeper as I want you to be. <laughs> Truly. I think that is like one of the only things that is a, a recurring negative point. Uh, and that's, this is pointed and timely feedback. It is. It is. It's pointed <laughs> and timely. I want to give it to you in real time. I don't want to hold any resentment, even though I f- for sure do, because I'm like, like the problem is like if we go to sleep at the same time and then I find out that you didn't fall asleep till four hours after me, like I'm going to be upset. So yeah, that's my least favorite thing about you is maybe you, your, your unwillingness to get dependent on melatonin like I am. Yeah. I think I, um, also to be clear, I, I do value sleep and I try to sleep a lot of times. You do. Um, but you you know, do. sometimes it's just harder than others. No, I know. And I'm, yeah, I get it. I get it. I also like wake up earlier than you. I feel like I'm, a, and I can't sleep in as well, which I wish sometimes I could sleep in more. To be clear, it's. Am I sounding like the worst you, person uh, ever? I feel like that makes me sound like I'm just bragging. <laughs> Sorry. To be clear, yeah, even though you're, you know, you're trying to come off as a like Silicon Valley like growth hacker, um, <laughs> you wake up earlier than me on the weekends. Um, during the week, <laughs> I wake you up. Um, yeah. Okay. 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 That's enough. <laughs> do we need to do we need to end it with a few kind words? Yeah. 
Do we just need to like no, maybe just like a few now? Um, did I? Already, I I don't think I've said my favorite thing about you. I'll like try not to be like super sappy, but I don't think I've ever met a truly a more rock solid guy who, um, who just like loves so like fiercely and just like it's really a wonderful thing to be loved yeah. by you. I think you're also the most measured person. I was saying this to our friends over the weekend. Like, I've never seen you angry truly. Like maybe upset, maybe frustrated, but never angry. And you are calm and collected in every moment of your life, basically. Like, I, yeah, I've never seen you maybe not calm, cool, and collected. And that is a really, like, a, it's a really reassuring and steady part of my life now that I've come to just, like, crave and need, like, all the time. Yeah. Well, happy so. to be it, even if it means my my voice is monotone, so. <laughs> oh, no. It's even. It's not monotone. It's just even. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've taken up far too much of your time. You need to get some sleep. I do. Um, anyways, thank you for coming on the pod. I love you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Love you too. Okay. Lo- love you. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.